From NBC5 and the Dallas Morning News, this is the Lone Star Politics Podcast. I'm Chris Blake. Gromer Jeffers is off this week, so Julie Fine is joined by NBC5 anchor Brian Curtis. As the COVID-19 pandemic continues in Texas, the focus this week shifted to whether and how to reopen schools across the state. After health departments in the region's two largest counties issued orders regarding the reopening of schools, Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton weighed in on Tuesday. He issued guidance saying, quote, local health authorities may not issue sweeping orders closing schools for the sole purpose of preventing future COVID-19 infections, end quote. The news led to emergency school board meetings in districts around North Texas. Dallas ISD has delayed the first day of school until September 8th, but has not yet announced if in-person learning would be allowed on day one. Fort Worth Public Schools will begin online September 8th, with the option to transition to in-person learning on October 5th. Several smaller districts in North Texas will begin in person at earlier dates. In addition to Paxton, Arlington Mayor Jeff Williams also joins the show this week to talk about the pandemic's impact on a city that relies so heavily on sports and entertainment. But first, here's Julian Bryan with the Attorney General. And joining us this morning, Attorney General Ken Paxton. Thanks so much for being here. Glad to be here. Thanks. I think it's important that we start at the beginning of this. Exactly how and why did you get involved with this issue? So under the Disaster Act, any county judge, any mayor is allowed to ask us questions. We serve in an advisory role. And so in this case, the asked us whether health boards, local health boards could keep schools closed. And, and determined that what Texas law said to us was no, local health boards had the authority to go in and shut down a school for a short period of time to clean it, to make sure it's been disinfected, but they don't have the authority to prophylactically or ahead of time or after they've gotten rid of the, the, the virus, they don't have the ability to keep it closed. That is completely within the discretion of the school, local school boards. From a legal standpoint, how did you come up with this guidance and really what's your basic reasoning? It's state law. I mean, our job isn't to make up something. We, we weren't looking to, to answer this question in particular, but our job is to answer questions we're asked. And then we do the, the legal research and then we put out our opinion on what the, what Texas law says. So, you know, the Texas legislature can come back and change this when they're back in session, but this is the law as it is written. And so that's what we put out. I think people understand that you have a job to do in terms of issuing legal opinions, but a lot of people have said COVID-19 is a public health crisis. Why take any authority at all away from public health experts here? Aren't they the ones who really know what's best? All we did was respond to a question about what is Texas law. So that was determined by the Texas legislature um, long before we answered this question. So we merely had the job of looking at what current law was and explaining that to this uh, local mayor and basically to the whole state. So your guidance did throw a monkey wrench into a lot of districts' plans. Did you consider that possible ripple effect before you put out this guidance, really right before the school year began? Yeah, so no, we didn't We didn't time the question. The question was timed by this mayor. Anybody could ask it any time. They could ask it a month ago. They could ask it three months ago. They, they could ask three months from now. We answer the question when we get it as quickly as we can. And so, you know, really the authority now is back with local districts, which I think is what most people want. They want parents to have input through their school board, through elected officials, as opposed to some bureaucrat sitting behind a desk who's making the decision for all of us. So 
actually, I think, you know, the legislature uh, had some wisdom in thinking through this and making sure that, you know, people would have input locally about whether their school is closed or not closed. And certainly every school district can make their own decision. I don't see how that's a bad, bad outcome. In just a very short amount of time, really a matter of days, this has had a huge ripple effect across the state. Has there been any moment in that period of time where you thought, wow, this is not what I intended to happen here? Um, I don't have to, I don't, my job isn't to worry about what the intention of our, our letter is. My job is to tell people what the law is. And I have a specific job under Texas law to do that. And so, I don't. I call balls and strikes. We throw them, and we call them as as we see them. And in this case, you know, it was pretty much right down the middle. It wasn't. A, wasn't a difficult answer based on what Texas law is. So that can be changed if if people in Texas want to change that. All they have to do is you know work with their legislators, and down the road they can they can change it to the way they want it. But right now, this is what Texas law says. Let's take a look at prevention here. Part of your guidance says health officials just can't order schools closed just to prevent the spread of the virus. Isn't prevention really, though, the key to stopping this? Oh, I have no doubt that prevention is the key to stopping it, but that's not what the law says, and it puts the authority not with the local health board. Look, these all these school districts can listen to their local health board. They can follow their advice to the T if they want to. So it's not like we're not we, that these local elected officials don't have the ability to listen to all or some of what these health boards say. It's totally up to them, and that way. Guess what? You have a lot more involvement from constituents, from parents, from Texas citizens. Again, I think that's the way our system has always worked, and I don't see why that's a problem. Do you understand the frustration, though, with parents and teachers with the, the rules changing so close to the start of the school year? Well, actually, the rules haven't changed. What, what happened was somebody asked the right question, which is, what is the rule? And all we did was say, hey, here's the rule. So the rules haven't changed. They've just been explained. The TEA citing guidance says it might cut, cut funding to districts that follow a local health order and keep schools closed at a time when every district in the state is trying to figure out how they manage this. Should they have to worry about getting their funding cut if they don't follow the guidance? Look, that's a great question, but not a great question for me. That's really a better question for the TEA and for Mike Morath, who, who runs that organization. We are not involved in that decision. Uh, we haven't been asked to be involved. That is up to the Texas Education Association to determine what their policies are, and clearly they're doing that. So correct me if I'm wrong here, but this is guidance we're talking about, right? It is not binding. That's absolutely correct. It is not legally binding. It is an interpretation of current Texas law, and the design there is we try to help people know ahead of time how things would turn out in court if they ended up you know, having some type of lawsuit. So our, our, our real goal is to keep all of these districts out of litigation because that's a, a waste of taxpayer resources and dollars. I don't think this is a close question, and, and I, I think in the end it's going to be better better for uh, local school districts to know what the law is as opposed to having to go to court to find out. So having said that, are you willing to go to court over this? Well, it's, it's not necessarily my job. It will depend on the individual circumstances of, of each case as to whether we get involved. Normally in a situation like this, if, if, if a uh, if a school system wasn't following the law or some county judge wasn't following the law, normally there would be individual taxpayers who would file lawsuits. We might intervene, we might not. It would completely depend on the facts of that particular case. Now, we've had people actually on our air say this all feels driven by politics, not health considerations. What's your response to that? 
well, it's we follow whatever the law is. I, I can tell you I have issued many opinions that I didn't particularly like what the law was, but I, I used to have an opportunity in the legislature to do something about that. In the executive branch, I don't have the opportunity to change things I don't like. So I have issued many an opinion that I didn't agree with or didn't fully agree with. So it's not my job to decide whether this is a good idea or a bad idea. My job is to tell people what the law is and what's likely to happen to them if they end up in litigation. So what do you think? Is this a good idea or a bad idea? What is your personal feeling? I, mean, I, I, I always think the, the founders had a, a pretty brilliant idea of letting local citizens determine their own fate as opposed to, you know, kings, queens, and, and bureaucrats. In this case, it's up to local school districts. Why, how that's a bad thing, I don't know. I think it's a great thing because it gives input. And if a school district makes a bad decision and the local constituents, the parents, don't like it, they can change it. They unelect the people that have those positions, and they put people there that do what they want them to do. That's the way our representative democracy works. Seems like it's worked pretty well for over 200 years. Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton, thanks so much for being with us. Thank you. Have a great day. Our second guest this week is Arlington Mayor Jeff Williams. His city relies heavily on large in-person events to help drive its economy. Williams was one of nearly 100 Texas mayors who signed a letter to lawmakers this month requesting federal funding to help with the impact of the pandemic. The letter says the pandemic is no different than a natural disaster like a tornado or a hurricane. The Texas Rangers are currently playing home games in a brand new but empty stadium. And it is unclear what NFL home games will look like when the Dallas Cowboys open their season. Back to Julie and Brian with Arlington Mayor Jeff Williams. Thank you for having me, Julie and Brian. First of all, how bad has the pandemic affected Arlington's budget? Well, uh, just in a few months uh, here, we've seen a $20 million shortfall there in, in revenue. And of course, uh, it's affected so many different sectors of our city, but it's also the same for cities all across America. Uh, there are people are out of work. Uh, businesses have slowed down. Uh, tourism is at a crawl. Uh, manufacturing has been hit. We can just uh, go all across the board uh, here. And, and it is uh, the result of this natural disaster uh, there, the pandemic. Let's start with a, a piece of what you mentioned there, and that is sports. Arlington, of course, a huge sports town. I know you're glad there's finally action at Globe Life Field. How critical is it that we get fans back in there? Well, needless to say, fans uh, there, one, it helps the mental health of uh, the entire Metroplex, of course, in sports. But also uh, the amount of uh, uh, money that fans bring because they spend money and, and uh, tourism is such a help to every community. And then for us, uh, we are home to the Rangers, uh, the Cowboys, the WNBA Wings, and then also Six Flags. So uh, a pandemic uh, definitely is very disastrous for tourism. However, the recession uh, that we had in 2009, 2010, uh, those same uh, uh, tourism attractions such as our stadiums were a huge help in getting us through. Mayor, you mentioned the Cowboys. How worried are you about the Cowboys season? Well, uh, Brian, I, I worry about everything now. I think that we all have to be concerned because we're in uncharted waters. And uh, we, it's very disappointing to have the surge that we had here this summer when we were all hoping that the hot weather might keep it down. But however, the encouraging thing 
is that we are finding that the mask and and the social distancing and, and the hygiene are working for us and our numbers are starting to fall uh, there in a number of uh, cases and more importantly, the number of people in the hospital. Mayor, you're active with mayors around the country when it comes to the CARES Act. What exactly do you want and need from Congress? Well, I am. I'm the chairman of the U.S. Metro Economies Committee of, of the U.S. Conference of Mayors, and we see that this uh, this pandemic has acted just like a tornado, hurricane, or a flood. And uh, of course, the what happens in any of those natural disasters is that we do receive federal assistance on on emergency and medical services, which we have gotten, but yet we also receive money to help rebuild our communities. And of course, uh, the difference is you don't see the, the houses flooded or the houses knocked down, but yet what has happened is the economy has been damaged inside those homes, inside the businesses there throughout our communities. And so it's an economic rebuild that we have to have. And the cities are a key economic engine here for our country. And so it has been very important in cities uh, across America. And you see even uh, 100 mayors that signed on to that letter. That happened in just a couple of days. We all realize that we need to be able to lead out and to help our, our citizens and our families uh, here in the mix of this. And we don't need our cities crippled. And then, Julie, uh, the one thing I would say that is different than these other natural disasters, they usually hit in a few days and they're gone. And this virus is still here. We don't know how long it's going to last. Neither do we know how long the economic impact is going to be. Uh, Mayor, I'm curious, as you try to get your community to the other side of this, is there one thing, one struggle that you're hearing most about from people in Arlington? Well, the thing I most fear is that we're all frustrated uh, there with having to deal with the virus and, and deal with the mask. And I'm extremely concerned about our mental health and then also just uh, giving up on doing the things we need to do to protect ourselves. Because, you know, many times uh, there you feel helpless uh, when, you, when you are trying to fight a disease. But however, we have now have tools to be able to do it. So I'm very worried about the, the mental health and, and being able to hold up because we still have uh, more months to go here in fighting this disease. And so consequently, we get frustrated and so forth. I think we're going to have to be very consciously uh, be kind, uh, forgive, have patience, and then try to find the things that can make us happy, but also to realize that so many of us are hurting and we need to reach out to our neighbor and, and to, to help them. And uh, it's all of this is, uh, is easy to talk about, but it's harder to do. In the short time that we have left, Mayor, Arlington ISD will be virtual for the first four weeks. You comfortable with that call? Do you think it's the right one? I do. Uh, there, uh, you know, I, I can share with you here, uh, Arlington ISD and Mansfield ISD are, are both here in our community, along with HEB ISD. 
all of these school districts have just spent tons of time studying and preparing and so forth. And I think that we've got to understand that we're going to have to be flexible. And there may be another decision coming because we have to respond to what the virus is doing. And uh, and so I think that's the right decision. And you heard the Arlington Independent School monitoring the situation throughout these four weeks. And I had an extensive meeting with uh, Dr. Cavazos, our superintendent, yesterday, and uh, he went through it so well thought out. And uh, it's such an important part, too, of, uh, of, our, of our public health and, 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 uh, and then moving ahead on education because we are going to have to do life in the midst of this virus. Arlington Mayor Jeff Williams, thanks so much for joining us. Well, I just want to leave you with that there are better days ahead, and let's not give up. Let's keep scrapping and working together and collaborating. Thank you, Julie and Brian. Thanks to Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton and Arlington Mayor Jeff Williams for joining the show this week. Gromer's back next week. Thanks for listening to the Lone Star Politics Podcast.